Good morning, One Hope. It's February 2nd, 2024. Our passage for today is Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to chapter 4, verse 6. Today's passage is all about relationships. And because I won't be showing too much of the uh, verses today, I do encourage you to actually read it first uh, before you listen to this podcast. So this passage is all about relationships and relationship, for example, between husband and wife. Calls the husband to uh, calls the wives to submit to their husbands and calls the husbands to love their wives. It's also about a relationship between uh, parents and children. Tells the children to obey their parents, and it tells the fathers to not embitter their children. It's also about a relationship between Christians and non-Christians. And it tells the Colossian Christians, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Go out there in the world and speak graciously to those non-Christians out there, as if you're seasoning your food with salt. You know how salt just brings out the taste of the food that you eat. Well, become, let your words become like salt. You know how we Christians often talk about we're called to be salt and light, and we're always thinking about, okay, what do I do? What do I give? And that kind of thing. But here we see that being uh, salt and light means going out there into the world and speaking to the people in this world graciously. Think about that and keep that in mind as you go out to uh, your market and um, standing in the street uh, waiting for your bus or SkyTrain, whoever you come in contact with, make sure your words are seasoned with salt. Well, as we wrap up Colossians today, we've been talking about the idea of fullness through this letter. And one area in which fullness is desired the most is probably in our relationships. But at the same time, it is also because of that our relationships where we experience probably the greatest pain well, when that fullness or abundance disappears. And relationship where this abundance should be present but has disappeared. First and foremost, what this passage shows us then is that pray for those relationships. Colossians, we've been talking about how think about the things above and all, you know, fullness is comes and found in Christ. That doesn't mean that God thinks less of little of the relationships that we have and have formed in this world. He thinks they are important. He values them. So if we experience this uh, lack of fullness and abundance or maybe even pain in these relationships, this passage calls us to pray for these relationships. But as you go through or as you now go back to the meditation on this passage and this section, there's one thing that's very important that we need to keep in mind, keep in mind. 
And it's this. While these words and verses about relationships fall into the application part of this letter, doesn't mean that the theology or doctrine has disappeared. The doctrine that we talked about in chapters 1 and 2, the doctrine of Christ, Christology, doesn't mean that all of us now, that all that we've seen has disappeared. We're used to seeing many of Paul's letters in two parts, thanks to many biblical scholars who have shown that to us, that many of Apostle Paul's letters are divided into the doctrine section that usually comes first, and then the application part that usually comes second. So Colossians, we have chapters 1 and 2, which is the doctrine part. And then now we're in chapters 3 and 4, which is the application part. In the, doc in the doctrine section, it was all about Christ. Fullness is found in Christ. Think about the things uh, uh, above, because that's where Christ is. So this doctrine about Jesus basically is what chapters 1 and 2 are all about. But now when we get to the application section, chapter 3 and 4, and talking about these human relationships, we need to remember that doctrine doesn't appear, should, uh, doesn't disappear, should not disappear. In fact, this doctrine should feed into this application section, and this doctrine should flow into this section and overflow through this section into our lives. Many Christians forget that. And now they read verses like this today and passages like this, and then it all becomes about commands once again. Oh, no, I didn't submit. Oh, no, I must have done something wrong. I didn't love. Oh, no, I embittered my children. I broke God's command. Now, it's all well meant, but that's not what this is about. This is about this doctrine or theology, beautiful truth. That's what theology and doctrine is. How that feeds into our lives, particularly here, our relationships. And now, as a result of that, our relationships are transformed in the ways that we could not do on our own. So there is a difference. This is not just merely a bunch of commands. Let me show you this. If you actually go back to this passage and try to search for it, even though this is about human relationships, you'll find that there's another name that appears more than once. And that name is the Lord. Verse 23 of chapter 3. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Now, this is a section about relationship between master and slaves. Well, it's telling the slaves, servants, now serve your master, but do it as if you're actually working for the Lord. Do it for the Lord, not just your masters. You see, that's the doctrine. That's the theology that feeds into this whole section that we're looking at today. 
your relationships, what you do with them, how you treat them. All this is because you're doing it for the Lord, before the Lord, and unto the Lord. Again, for the Lord, before the Lord, and unto the Lord. That's why you should submit. That's why you should love. That's why you should speak graciously, seasoned with salt, because this is for the Lord. It's for Him, not just for the person that's before you or even yourself. So today, as we wrap up this letter, my final takeaway for today comes from one of the names of our cell groups. All the cells have wonderful names at One Hope, but one of the cells, its name is actually this, Koram Deo, in the presence of God. And then to that name, I added um, an extra one sentence to this takeaway. Koram Deo, exclamation mark, life lived before God leads to life of fullness. Again, Koram Deo is a Latin word for in the presence of God. The Swiss uh, reformer that we all know, John Calvin, that this was his motto in life. That whatever he did, wherever he went, whatever he said, did do, didn't do, he tried to do it with this in mind. That I am, I am in the presence of God. We live in the presence of people, and we often live for people. But we actually live for the Lord. Then what about the people? Well, we live for the Lord, but we also, but with people, we live with the people. Let me say that again. We live for the Lord, but we live with the people. That's how it should be. So, yes, in these relationships, we do things, we don't do certain things because we are doing those relationships for the Lord, before the Lord, and unto the Lord. Even those human relationships are for the Lord. So one final application of this idea of Koram Deo. Well, friends, who you are is what you do when no one is around. Because in that moment, there's no one else but God. And what you do there, what you think in your minds there, what you are feeling there, that's who you are. Who you are when no one is around shows us whether you are truly living the Koram Deo life or not. So as we wrap up this letter, I encourage you and encourage us, let us live in the presence of God for Him, before Him, and unto Him. In Jesus' name, amen.